Why are we going to Ord Mantel? I thought the plan was to lay low. Not while a bounty hunter's after you. We need to find out why. I know an informant there named Sid, who might be able to help. And you trust him? Well, the Jedi trusted him. The Jedi who are all dead? Will anyone have a better option? He has a point. Right, not a toy. Bucketheads, Mayvar Tigar, welcome to the 59th Rancor Rescuing episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible, or so inclined, please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They are what helps an independent show like ours stand out, not get lost in the vast cosmos of podcasts that exists out there. And we thank you in advance for taking the time to do so. Well, we're back. It's episode five of, of The Bad Batch. And that's exciting stuff, right? I mean, I'm excited about it. Are you all having as much fun with The Bad Batch as I am? I think you are. Uh, an interesting episode today... Because of, uh, on first on first viewing, I was a tad concerned about uh, the, the potential ramifications of what we had just seen, and I was slightly horrified at the at the thought that like oh my gosh, is this what I'm just is this what I'm seeing? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to fill you in on exactly what I'm talking about. You might have an idea what I'm referring to already, but we're not going to get into the into the specifics just yet of the episode. Uh, because there's something we have to do first, and I think you know what it is. You're ready for it. You're prepared for it. You're you're waiting in anticipation. I hope. All right, let's do it. Time to strap on your buckets. Let's go. What's your deal, Tiny? You're Sid. You're sharper than your friends over there. So here we are, season one, episode five of the Bad Batch. Today's episode is. Rampage. Original air date, hey, today, May 28th, 2021. Uh, our plot for the episode, the Batch strike a deal to take on a mission. Vague and helpful all at the same time. Our voice cast is, uh, actually, no, no, no. Our director, Stuart Lee, written by Tamara Beecher Wilkinson. Our cast for this episode, D. Bradley Baker as the Bad Batch. Michelle Ang is Omega. Matthew Wood, Bib Fortuna, and Zygerian number one. Liam O'Brien is Bolo, the captured Falene and Rainy. Sam Rigel is Catch in Zygeri number two. And, as you heard in that last clip, Rhea Perlman steps into the Star Wars universe as Sid. All right, so listen, as, as I was saying, let's just kind of get into it. Let me kind of tell you where I was at after my first viewing of this episode. Now, again, I watched these very early in the morning uh, before I head into work. And so... 
I don't always, I, you know, I take my notes, but I don't have time to do a lot of fact-checking. And uh, in, in that's what I do on my lunch break. That's what I do to kind of prep for the show. Uh, but on, the, on that first watch, it's a lot of, like, what's happening here? Let me kind of process this. Let me kind of think about this. And then then, then I'm ready, getting ready for the show. And that's kind of how the show kind of evolves from when I watch it at 3.30 in the morning to when I record it uh, after a second viewing later in the day, later in the afternoon, uh, California time. Uh, and on, on first viewing, I was very concerned about the adolescent rancor that we meet in this episode, because on first on first glance, on first appearance, you're like, wait a second, am I meeting a young version of the rancor, like a, a, a an adolescent version of the rancor that I am going to eventually watch Luke Skywalker smash a giant iron grate into his skull and kill him? Is that what I'm seeing? Upon investigation, upon further review, different rancors, which is a good thing, <laughs> which is a very, very good thing. And we'll talk a little bit about that more as we get into the episode. But yeah, I wanted to put that out there on Front Street because when I first watched it, I was like, wow, if that's that rancor, this show is really dark. Just that is some dark stuff there. I'm meeting a rancor as a child that I'm going to watch Luke Skywalker kill. On Tatooine, that is dark, my friends. Uh, and luckily, the 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 internet came to our came to my aid, and and I will be able to provide a little bit more clarification as we get into the episode. But before we do that, how exciting is it? We're back on Ord Mantel. It's happening once again. We you know Ord Mantel. We we've heard reference made re- uh, references have been made to Ord Mantel since Empire Strikes Back. Uh, from the old comic strips that are that Al Williamson did back in the day, uh, to get to see it is always really exciting. I think it's popped up in several different um, milieus of Star Wars. I'm, but this might be the first time we're seeing it animated. I think originally there were going to be plans uh, for that. That um, I guess we use the word aborted uh, season of the Clone Wars. You know, when, when Disney first purchased Star Wars and they canceled the show. I think there were plans to go to visit Ord Mantell because. Uh, you may remember again before the license shifted to uh, wait oh gosh now I can't even remember for sure which publisher it was it might have been Dark Horse it might have been Marvel it was kind of like right on the on the cusp there of of, of transferring license is but there was a Darth Maul son of Dathomir comic book and the more I think about it the more I'm convinced it was Marvel that put that put this out uh, and it was sort of picking up on some of the unused plot threads uh, from that that that. At the at the time, final season of the Clone Wars, and Ord Mantell factored in, into that comic book series. Uh, so that sort of tells us that that you know maybe there was a plan to go to Ord Mantell in the Clone Wars series, uh, but we didn't get to it. Now again, it's been referenced a ton in Star Wars media throughout the decades, uh, but it, this uh, this does seem to be the first time we're visiting it within the context of one of the the, the main uh, canonized animated series, which is very, very exciting. Always cool to uh, check in with, with one of those uh, kind of touchstone locations that even though we don't have a visual of it, you know, you hear the name and you, you remember the scene in the corridor in Hoth that Han Solo says to Princess Leia about how they ran into the bounty hunter, bounty hunter on Ord Mantell and it changed his mind about about uh, staying with the Rebellion. And uh, I will probably sneak that clip into this episode somewhere, so stay tuned for that. So as we catch up with the Batch in this episode... Uh, they are on their way to Ord Mantell. They're looking for a contact there, a former contact of the Jedi, uh, because they need to find out more information about the bounty hunter who was after Omega from last week's episode. We also get to see Omega uh, get a comm unit so that she can stay in contact with the batch after with, with the Bad Batch after 
uh, after the incident with Fennec Shan last week, you know, being able to stay in contact, a key component, uh, but also another another uh, uh, symbol of of her becoming part of the group, becoming part of the squad, if you will. And this is just sort of an affirmation of that. And then you know we get to see another display of Omega and her her childlike innocence, her childlike wonder, uh, with the commune as she kind of uses it to, and you know much like Echo says, kind of uses it as a toy to to you know she channel open uses the open channel and will communicate with them despite them all being in the same room with one another. Uh, I thought that was rather fun and and cute. I don't know how you all perceived it, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Again, it's it sort of. Omega is such a unique character uh, for Star Wars. You know, we don't, we don't really get a ton of those, at least not to this extent of of this just like innocent, sheltered sort of, of of character who doesn't really know or understand the dangers of the galaxy around them. I mean, you got a little bit of that with Luke, uh, but obviously Luke was much older and he had known about the dangers of Tatooine at the very least. Omega's sort of learning these things on the fly, but she's also tr- also trying to become part of the of the squad. And I think in this episode, you, you really begin to see uh, the uniqueness that she brings to the squad that they didn't have before. Even with the loss of, of Crosshair, um, what she brings is, is very unique and different, and it's it's sort of like a viewpoint from a child. You know, there's sort of a, a the, you know, from the, from the child, the innocent child's perspective, you know, you get to see these things in a new way. And I think the Bad Batch is going to learn as much from her as she's going to learn from them as, as they sort of become like this this family unit here, this, uh, you know, Clone Force 99 family. And that's uh, that's exciting. That's cool stuff. All right, so we're going to Ord Mantell. We're going to be meeting up with Sid. And we go to the bar where Echo believes, you know, this is, this is all Echo knows. This is all the information he has is that Sid is in this bar and Sid is a contact of the Jedi. Look around this bar. Make sure you take note of, of a lot of the elements of this bar, particularly at the at at the bar itself. The the IG eighty eight heads that were used uh, in Star Wars in, in in a New Hope at the Mos Eisley Cantina can be seen over Sid's shoulder as she's talking talking to Omega, and Omega again is the one who deduces that Sid is who they're looking for. For some for whatever reason, the Bad Batch buys into what what. The, the misdirect that Sid throws at them, that, that that's not, that she doesn't know who Sid is, so get the heck out of there unless they're going to spend some money. And again, we, we see this intuitiveness from Omega, and she puzzles out very, fairly quickly, fairly easily, that the, the, the green screen, the green-skinned uh, Trendoshan is, in fact, the one they're looking for, the contact named Sid. So this is where we get our little meet-and-greet uh, in Sid's office, and... Sid doesn't know who the bounty hunter is when they show him the picture of Fennec Shan, but she can find out. But she needs a little bit of a favor first. And let's go ahead and play the clip from that that, that, that favor request. We encountered this woman on Pantora. Do you know who she is? No, but I know a bounty hunter when I see one. Can you find out who hired her? That depends on what you boys do for me. Are you fresh out of the tube? You pull a job for me, and I get the information you want. That's how this mercenary thing works. Mercenary? Not too quick, are you? Clearly the kid's the brains of your operation. 
I like that part quite a bit, where where Sid refers to them as a mercenary group, and it's sort of is is this. Um, it's it's like the, it it never occurred to them to to be mercenaries. I mean, they are soldiers. They're still walking around in all their gear, all their equipment, because this is who they are. But they've never thought about it in the, in this regards as being sort of like this military force for hire. And I sort of wonder if if Sid in this episode uh, is is sort of putting them on their path of of, of what they were going to be in this in this new uh, dawn of the empire era. Is is that going to be what happens for them? Is that is that what's going to be their? The, again, we talked about it. Like, what is the Bad Batch's purpose? Is this what they're going to be? Are they going to be the in, the the Galactic A Team, uh, a squad of do-gooders for hire? I I'm okay with that. I think that's an interesting idea. I think that'd be a lot of fun, uh, especially because uh, they 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 seem to fit the qualifications of the A Team. You know, they they don't seem to have a lot of money. They don't seem to have a lot of resources. They can do the jobs, and they they'll be the good people who will, you know, help the poor destitute farmers or whatnot. And then they'll just, you know, maybe take take uh, some food containers, and that's it, and be on their way. You know, just enough to kind of keep getting by and going from job to job, in that regard. But doing it within like their moral their moral uh, fiber. You know, they're not going to do anything that contradicts the morality that they have. It's an it's an interesting thought. I don't know if that's the direction we're going to go. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that as the episode ends because it does come up again. Uh, but I'd, I'd like how they were sort of struck by the idea of being a mercenary. So let me go ahead and play a little bit more of the scene. Oh, by the way, that part right there, that little slap right there, that's low-key funny stuff right there because uh, as Sid refers to the kid as the brains of the operation, uh, Wrecker puts his hand out and gets a, gets a little bit like a low-key low, low key high-five from, from Omega, which I thought was hilarious. What kind of job? A rescue. There's a nice bounty on a kid named Moochie. My sources say she was taken by Zygerian slavers who are holed up on the other side of the planet. Bring me the kid, and I'll get you your intel. Well, who collects the bounty? Oh, look, it talks. We split the bounty 70-30. My favor, take it or leave it. Grab a kid from a few Zygerians? <laughs> we can do that in our sleep. Looks like we have a deal. Details of the bounty are on that. Don't screw it up. I really enjoy uh, Rhea Perlman being in this episode. I am a big fan of Cheers. It was one of my favorite shows as a kid growing up. Uh, and <laughs> she, I can't help but think of Carla when she when she's doing these lines, when she's giving them attitude and, and giving them all this flack. Uh, it, it sort of delights me to kind of hear her bring that back a little bit. Uh, I I think Rhea Perlman's a gem. I don't know how you all feel about her, but I enjoyed having her be in this episode. It, uh, again, it tickled my fancy. <laughs> it, you know... I'm a sucker for for calling back to my youth in my in one of my favorite shows in the history of television. All right, let's get to the next part here. As as the team moves in uh, to 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 uh, do a little recon on these Zygarian uh, these Zygarian uh, slavers, I think they call them traitors, but let's be honest. Apparently, they are definitely slavers. So Zygarians are an interesting choice uh, for this episode because uh, they're they are a species that was first mentioned back in like the role playing game when that first came out, like in, in the late. Uh, Gosh, I think it was in the late '80s, right? That sounds right. And that's neat, but don't worry. They've also been on Star Wars: The Clone Wars. You may recall seeing them on Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I think it was back in season four, uh, because this group seems to have a connection to that same group, 
and and the actions that took place in that episode with uh which, which was Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka, uh, you know, doing damage to a a, a Zygerian a slaver ring that was on the planet Kadavo, and they mentioned Kadavo. These these Zygerians mentioned getting back to Kadavo, so they're still feeling the effects of that episode of the Clone Wars. So I thought that was really a really really interesting callback. Uh, now the the creature that we see that was kind of like in their employ. It's not in their employees, just kind of trained by them. It is a, it is a, uh, it's called a Breezak. Breezak, uh, but it's also known as the Zygerian Gliding Lizard. And I think, yeah, you know, I think you know why after watching this episode. So it's really uh, pretty cool. To see. It's a cool looking creature. I thought it was really fun to watch it, the way it moved, and the way the Zygerians sort of uh, utilize it as a, as a mount and as a way of getting around and escaping from, from some of the action stuff. Um, Yeah. And I, I think the Zygerians have a good look. If you don't remember, again, if you don't remember that episode, I think it was a three-part arc uh, around the beginning of season four. I want to say it was like episodes 10, 11, 12, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. It's like a little trilogy episode. Um, a little trilogy episode. That seems ridiculous to say out loud, doesn't it? It's a, it's a trilogy of episodes interconnected, you know, one, two, three. Uh, so you can check that out and kind of see what the Jedi do to the Zygerians and maybe force them to be on Order Mantel kind of regrouping and, and, and taking uh, this, this small group of, of captives and turning the, you know attempting to sell them into slavery. Now, I like... That's another element of this episode that I do really like. I do like that we are spending more time exploring this underworld of the Galactic Empire at this point. Uh, you know, kind of... See, again, we're spending more time in that seedier side of things because that's where the Bad Batch has to operate right now. You know, they can't be too... They don't want to be too high up in the in, in the galaxy because then, then they'll be on the radar and, uh, you know, Crosshair and Tarkin will know where to find them. And so they are definitely trying to lay low and stay out of the limelight. So where do you go? You go under. <laughs> when you go low, you go under. And I like getting to explore some of these these darker avenues, these darker crevices of the Star Wars galaxy. You know, the underworld stuff's always been one of my favorite aspects of Star Wars. So anytime you get to spend more time here, I'm always really, really excited to do so. So the Batch moves in. They get caught on their reconnaissance. They left Omega at the ship uh, because they well, they they don't want to put her in harm's way, obviously. And, she, and at this, to this point, she's not really... I think it's a good decision to leave her behind because uh, she's not trained with with weaponry, right? You'd imagine. I don't know. It's it's complicated. Obviously, Omega wants to be more involved, wants to be part of the team, part of the squad. I I, I have conflicting feelings about you know child endangerment at this point, but uh, you know Omega obviously is disappointed by by Hunter sending her back to the ship, uh, but but she's gonna get her chance to shine here because the batch is. You know they don't know about the gliding lizard, so it's it's just, it it uh, attacks them. They attack it, and that alerts the Zygerians, and they are captured. The entire Bad Batch team is captured. They're put into slave collars, uh, you know that all that good stuff. And then they come to the ship looking to see, make sure that there's no one else there, and that's what alerts Omega. Now Omega tries to use her comm, but she can't raise anybody on the comm. She's able to escape from the ship. The Zygerians are unaware of her, and she begins to to infiltrate and to try and. Uh, rescue the team and, and to help the team out. And uh, she's quite good at it, which is the interesting part of it. So I am a little bit ahead of myself because I do have, so we do need to back it up just a little bit uh, because there's also another element to this that I thought was interesting as well, which is the mistaken identity of Moochie. You know, they spy a small child and they assume that it's Moochie, despite the fact that it's there with what would appear to be its parents. Uh, so <laughs> I, I found that amusing. Obviously, the, the, you know, 
they're told to go and look for a child, um, but that's not what's gonna. That's not who they're looking for. So there's a little bit of a misdirect there, and then we get this conversation uh, between Sid and a very familiar Star Wars figure, and I want to go ahead and play that for you right now. So check this one out. A mission of this nature requires planning. Assure your employer. He'll be reunited with Moochie soon. Now, now, there's no need for threats. I have my best people on it. So at that point, we don't get to see who Sid is talking to. We, we just see a flash of the mouth. We recognize that they're speaking Hadiz, so I think that's a pretty good indicator. Uh, I don't think there was any real shock uh, when it is revealed that that is, in fact, Bib Fortuna. Uh, speaking on behalf of Jabba the Hutt. Jabba wants Moochie back. And and it, I think we're still wondering at this point, well, who is Moochie? And, you know, are, are, are we believing the batch that it's that kid, even though that kid's parents are clearly in the scene? Um, and I think we had to wonder, is this like another Hutling going on? You know, maybe that's what I that's what I wondered at first. I did not expect it to be an adolescent Rancor. So that was something uh, that, 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 again, that took me by surprise. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get to that scene. So as Omega's infiltrating the, the slaver's compound, and she's trying to get to you know, Clone Force 99's gear, um, an interesting choice is made by the production team. And I don't know. It, it was, again, it was an interesting choice. I don't know much more to say about it as that. As, as that because you know Omega's making her way down. She comes across this crate that has a living creature in it. It's making noise. And we're focused very much on Omega and this crate. But in the background, we're hearing the Zygerian ch- talking, and I felt like his dialogue was very interesting. I was I was very interested in more of his motive, and that's where we talk about... That's where the connection's kind of made to that, that, that prior episode uh, of the Clone Wars. And it's just kind of like background talk. I mean, you, you can hear it, but you kind of have to be paying extra att- close attention to what he's saying to Clone Force 99 uh, to make that connection to the prior episode of the, of the Clone Wars in which, in which Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka defeat them. Um... And again, I, like I said, I iterate that is an interesting choice. And I only wonder if they did it because, yes, they want to establish that connection is there, but they don't want us to focus on that connection because, again, they, I think they want the Bad Batch to feel independent of the Clone Wars series. Like, if you haven't watched the Clone Wars yet, I don't think they want to burden you with the idea that you have to go back and now you have to watch these three episodes. Uh, they, are, they, are, they, are, they exist. They are there. You watch them at your leisure. That, that is the convenience of, of having a great streaming app like Disney Plus, you can watch these shows when you are ready, and and that's that's again that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun going back and exploring the history and the connections that they can talk about now, and that's always kind of been the way Star Wars has been. It's just uh, you know for a long time there wasn't that material in the background to go look up. You know when Obi Wan Kenobi first drops the Clone Wars in in A New Hope, we couldn't go back and watch the prequels or you know watch the animated series to be like oh the Clone Wars yeah duh I get it now. No, no, no. It was a little bit different. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And this is when Omega is going to uh, free what's in the container and where we are introduced to Moochie, the adolescent Rancor. I found her sneaking around the cage. I wasn't snaking. I was unlocking. Secure the cage! I'll let her get away from us. 
rampaging adolescent rancor is not the distraction I was anticipating. That's their problem. We're getting out of here. All right, that's the distraction they need. Wrecker breaks the chains, and now it's it's time for the action to begin. And again, on the first viewing, this is where I became very concerned. It's like, wait a second, am I am I seeing this sort of cute uh, baby adolescent rancor uh, that Luke Skywalker is going to kill in Return of the Jedi? Well, some investigating uh, has, has has proved fruitful as it as we have been able to establish that this is not, in fact, the same rancor as from Return of the Jedi. The Jedi, the the rancor in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi is named Patissa, and is an adolescent is is a male rancor. This is an adolescent female rancor named Muchi. Now, the Patissa stuff's been out there, but I had to go and double check if that was still canon. Um, because I knew that was Legends for a long time, but I, I wasn't sure if we were getting like a, a retcon with this episode. Uh, but there seems to be enough information out there to, for, for us to clearly state that this is not the Rancor that Luke Skywalker will kill in Return of the Jedi, which, again, makes it so that uh, this episode is not nearly as dark <laughs> as maybe I thought it was when I first watched it this morning, uh, which I was relieved to find out because, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, that is kind of twisted to show me this rancor as a, as a somewhat sweet, somewhat docile creature. And, and I know his, this, this, this rancor's fate is to die at the hands of Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. Uh, it's, <laughs> I was rather relieved. So I guess the question becomes, what, like, what is Moochie's ultimate fate? We don't know. We don't know that. Uh, you know, obviously, like, skipping to the end of this episode, Moochie will find her, her way back to Jabba the Hutt. But what happens from there? Uh, who is to say? Perhaps it's something to be explored later on in, in the series because, after all, we are uh, getting to spend time in the underworld of the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, by the way, I want to mention something that happened in the beginning of the episode that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed Wrecker using the gonk droid for squats. I, it just popped in my brain that I didn't talk about that. But that was one of my favorite little things in the background as as, as Tech and Omega were, were, were working on the communications, uh, the comm unit, I, I guess we'll say. Uh, yeah, Wrecker squatting the gonk droid. Good times. Oh, and the way the, the, way the gonk droid hides, where the way it kind of like retracts its legs into itself and just turns itself into like a box when, when the when the Zygerian slavers come aboard looking for more uh, more more potential slaves to enslave. Or people to enslave. I guess that sounds better. <laughs> so that was a neat thing that I, I did skip over. All right, so like I said, we get some crazy good action stuff. The Batch versus the Zygerians. The Rancor versus the Zygerians. And then it ultimately boils down to uh, Wrecker versus Moochie. And and uh, Tech establishes the fact that they... they uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm going to play the scene where, where Tech fills us in on what needs to happen for, for Wrecker to get uh, Moochie uh, more, more uh, docile. All right, so here we go. I'm going to play the clip in just a second, but I did want to set it up because, yeah, this is this is kind of at the tail end of the action. The Zygerian slavers have been defeated. Their gliding lizard takes off, unable to withstand the fury of the adolescent Rancor named Moochie. And we're left with uh, with Wrecker and Tech squaring off against the Rancor. Uh, by the way, Echo and Omega have freed the slaves. They've made, it off, made, it, made their way away from the battleground. Uh, and in the process, Omega has found herself a weapon. She now has one of these Zygerian energy bows, which is very, very exciting as well. So here we go. Uh, Wrecker and Tech squaring off against Moochie. Any ideas how to stop that thing? 
Rancors adhere to a social hierarchy. You have to challenge the Alpha for authority. Oh, that I could do. And then we get a fun battle between Wrecker and Moochie. And it eventually, uh, they just eventually wear each other out and, and, and pass out side by side with a mutual show of respect for each other. Wrecker pats Moochie on the side. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we end up at, except for when, as far as the battle goes. And then we get back to Sid's. So let's go ahead and play that part of the episode. Check this out. Surprise! I'm graced by the presence of Jabba's right-hand man. Bib Fortuna. Watok Peg. Owonki Jabba Nagazizi. Konchi Pudumuchi. Bib, relax. I always deliver on my promises. You'll see. I told you, this is a delicate mission. Tell Jabba to be patient. And here's the here's the batch arriving now with Moochie. And again, it's it's a fun scene, you know, watching Omega riding on top of Moochie. Uh, the res- <laughs> I don't know if respect's the right word, but the sort of uh, a relationship that Moochie now has with Wrecker. Uh, it ends on a fun note, and uh, let me kind of play this last bit here. See, Bib, all is well. Now, about the matter of payment. Anko Muchi, Takitolpa Bonkidonko. Bye, Muchi. Gotta say, fellas, I wasn't sure you could pull this job off. You could have told us we were going after a rancor. Hmm. Must have slipped my mind. You, dark and broody, my office. All right, we're going to play uh, their little conversation here. Let's go ahead and check that out right now, because that, this is where the Batch gets their reward, their prize, uh, what the information they were after. Already proven herself. Yeah, I went too far ahead. Your bounty hunter is Fennec Shand. She's new to the scene, but has already proven herself to be cunning and ruthless. Who hired her? Unknown. My sources in the guild say she's working on a direct commission. With someone like her nipping at your heels, you're gonna need two things. Friends and money. Mostly money. And this is where we start to talk once again about the Batch's purpose in this new time of the Empire, and how are they going to make their way in the galaxy, and we come back to the mercenary thing. And I want to put a pin in that before I play the last bit of the conversation here, uh, because we do, we do need to talk about Fennec Shand, and the, the criticism is still out there. You know, I talked about it on last week's show, uh, the people who were like, oh, they're just kind of shoehorning Fennec into this. Th- this makes complete and total sense to me. I, I, I can't disagree more with with uh, uh, the, the folks who are saying that this didn't need to be Fennec Shan. I, I think this 100% makes sense, and I have no problem with exploring Fennec Shan and sort of like the rise of her career at this point and, and seeing, learning more about her through this show than having to go and get a bunch of backstory exposition stuff on Boba Fett and you know the Book of Boba Fett coming out. Speaking of the Book of Boba Fett, interesting note here as well, Matthew Wood, once again, the voice of Bib Fortuna being Bib Fortuna, you may recall at the end of Season 2 of The Mandalorian, 
Matthew Wood stepped into the costume once again to become Bib Fortuna, to be killed by Boba Fett, setting up that show coming forward uh, at the end of the year. So everything's tied together real nicely. I really like the way that everything, there's sort of this connectedness between everything. And I like that we're going to get some information on Shand via the Bad Batch. I, again, to me, it makes a ton of sense. So let's play this last bit of information here between Sid and Hunter. I'm not swimming in either at the moment. I guess it's a good thing you met me then, isn't it? Here's your cut. There's more where that came from. If you're looking for work. I'll think about it. It's interesting. A bounty hunter of Fennec's caliber being after you. You fellas must be pretty valuable. Don't worry. I'm good with secrets. <laughs> I love that as the ending of the episode. I think that's fantastic. You know, obviously, Sid able to deduce who the real target of the bounty hunters is, despite the fact that the batch had said nothing about that being the case. So, uh, again, I think this is a really strong episode. I really, really like it. Uh, at first, I was a little... Uh, concerned about the the rancor aspect of it, and again, people criticize some of the criticisms I've seen of this episode is it's it's more Star Wars, uh, invoking its past, uh, in, in bringing us familiarity, you know, with bringing the rancor in, just like how the last episode brought in Fennec Shand, and I disagreed on the Fennec Shand thing, and while I was nervous about the rancor situation, uh, because I I was slightly traumatized by the notion that I'm seeing the 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 rancor that I would watch die in Return of the Jedi. Uh, that appears to not be the case unless they are completely retconning something, which we have no evidence of at this point, and let's just hope that that is not what's happening. Uh, but I like where this leaves us. I think this leaves our our group uh, in a really interesting position. Are they gonna Are they gonna become um, mercenaries? Are they gonna be a team that that Sid contracts for for work to be done? Uh, it's really interesting. Interesting what's gonna happen in the next episode uh, as this season kind of continues to play out. I think we are getting. Uh, the team into uh, a, a lot of really unique situations and how they're going to have to, again, find their, make their way in the galaxy, you know, at, to, to borrow a word, a, a phrase from, from Django Fett, you know, and again, that kind of applies, right? They're all clones of Django. So that, again, I like where this ends. I like what this kind of helps to set up. I like establishing the resourcefulness of Omega, making sure that she can be, a part of this team and she has a role to play with this team and she's not just going to be uh the wide-eyed observer again another criticism of omega thus far is that she just exists to sort of save the team but this is kind of like the real first real episode that has been the case i mean she definitely has helped them in, in in previous episodes but to say that she's the one saving them every episode uh you know a la wesley crusher is is ridiculous and and completely unfounded in my opinion <laughs> All right, I give this episode a seven. Uh, seven. It's somewhere between a seven and an eight. Seven and a half and an eight, I should say. I again, I enjoyed it. I liked seeing the Zygarian uh, slavers. I like the connection that it has for the Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Even if you don't know the the material from Star Wars: The Clone Wars, I think it's interesting that there is a connection to uh, events of that series. So I, I I dig all that stuff. I love the Wrecker fighting the uh, fighting uh, the Rancor. I love Wrecker and Omega having that low key high five. Um. I, I just dug it, man, and I can't wait to see what what Omega does now that she has a weapon of her own with that with that uh, with that energy bow. I'm I'm really curious how they're gonna, how that's going to shake out. You know, are we going to open the episode next week with with one of the one of the batches uh, batchers training 
Omega how to use that thing? You know, are they still going to be on Orbentel? Are they going to take another job with Sid right off the bat? Or do we pick up kind of like how we have in every other episode with them in space going to another destination? Uh, as my A-team as my A team uh, comparison uh, continues to flesh itself out. We'll see how that shakes out. I'm really, really excited about that. All right, let's get out of here. I'm running a little bit over already, but that's okay. We're having a good time. We're all having fun. We're talking about Star Wars. I mean, does it get much better than that? So I want to thank you all for uh, checking out Mandavision today. Uh, it means the world to me that you guys take the time to support this show, and I couldn't thank you enough for doing so. Please make sure you're following us on social media. It's at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you may have noticed it no, it no longer says subscribe. It says follow. It's the same thing. So follow MandoVision on Apple Podcasts. And if you're already on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time, five-star reviews are insanely appreciated. They help the small independent shows like us stand out and not get lost in the cosmos not get lost in the in the in the rancor's cage if you will <laughs> remember we are on your favorite podcasting platforms apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, google play pandora amazon audible transistor fm and so many many more please 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 stay tuned for everything we got coming up more clone wars episodes are dropping on mondays and uh we'll be doing the day of bad batch episodes uh until until the season's done or uh, there's some sort of situation where I can't do it, but I, I I don't count on that happening at all. So Mondays and Fridays for sure. We may we we may inject a few uh, different episodes to kind of mix it up a little bit, like we did with the Endor episode. Uh, and that being said, uh, it's it's also a holiday weekend. We're coming up on Memorial Day weekend. If you're listening to this Friday night or Saturday, we are in the midst of a three day holiday weekend for many of you. I hope you have a great holiday weekend. I hope you stay safe, have a good time, have a lot of fun. You know, maybe maybe you're going back out into the world and spending time with people. And as long as you're doing so in a safe way, that's all that matters. And uh, just be smart, be safe, and uh, we'll be back here to entertain you guys on Monday. And yes, despite the holiday, we will be dropping the Clone Wars episode on Monday. I mean, it's a podcast. You don't have to listen to it Monday if you don't want to. If you're busy, you're doing family stuff, you're going to go see friends. The podcast will just be in your feed. You can listen to it on Tuesday. It is all good, but it's there for you whenever you want. One more item real quick. If you can take the time and you want to check out, if you're into other avenues of pop culture, please check out my other podcast, the TomCast Podcast, where we cover uh, everything else in the world of pop culture, whether it's it's uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC stuff, movies, TV, video games, comic books. Uh, we talk about a little bit of everything. So please head over there and check that out. I appreciate the support on that channel as well. Uh, just beware, that one it gets a little saucy sometimes. Uh, uh, the naughty words are used on those podcasts. So... <laughs> keep that in mind and uh, thank you for taking the time to check that out alright let's get out of here my name is Tom Nargai Tom I thank you once again for checking out the Mandovision podcast we wouldn't be here without you all because talking about Star Wars is the most fun thing to do in life <laughs> alright once again let's get the heck out of here and remember this podcast can only end one way and this is the way this is the way this is the way. This is the way. Yes, your this. I thought you had decided to stay. Well, the bounty hunter we ran into when Lord Mendel changed my mind.